All right, let's turn the Word of God to Luke 14. Luke 14. Luke 14, and we'll read verses 1 through 15. Luke 14, verses 1 through 15. says this in the Word of God. And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they would not answer him again to these things. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms unto them. When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and uh, him, him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humble himself shall be exalted. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brother, nor thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just." Verse 15, and when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said to them, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And Lord, we just thank you for being a good God. And uh, Lord, we uh, again, we pray for these requests, Lord, many physical needs that were mentioned. Lord, we think of Sister Sherry's unspoken request. Lord, you know, please uh, touch her. And uh, Lord, we pray uh, for those that need to be saved. Again, we think of uh, uh, Brother Wood's brother, Brother Wood's uh, uh, father. We think of this one that Sister Judy mentioned. Thank you that she had a desire to see the notes. That shows you're working on her heart, God. Get a hold of her. Lord, uh, we think of others that we've witnessed to. Lord, we think of Don tonight. We think of Donna. We think of Deborah, Mike. And uh, uh, dear God, we think of our own loved ones. Uh, dear God, that we pray as we've witnessed to them. And Lord, as we sang tonight, bring them in. Let that be the desire of our heart. Lord, as we think of VBS coming up, we pray uh, for that ministry. We pray for those that will be helping. Uh, dear God, Lord, we want to be an effective witness for you. Now, Lord, uh, bless this time together around your word, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So notice again, verse 11 says, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So here we see a good story uh, that deals with pride versus humility. Pride versus humility. Kind of just a, a side note. I almost taught this uh, last week and didn't realize that last week was the first day of Pride Month, I guess they call it, for the LBTQMOUSE group. But uh, how ironic that their big thing is pride. That their big thing is pride, because pride was one of the chief sins of Sodom. Ezekiel 16, 49 says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. And the first thing it says is pride. Pride. See, listen, you can't get away from the Word of God. You know, you can't get away from the Word of God. It says pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. Boy, you could preach right there. You know what's killing America today? You know what's dumbing down this generation, our children, is idleness of time. 
right? Uh, the, uh, uh, most of the boys, they set in playing, vi- not to get sidetracked, but I'm going to get sidetracked, all right? Should have bought my gun, gun so I could shoot this rabbit. But anyways, idleness of time. And so they're inside playing games all the time instead of learning how to do chores, learn how to rake leaves, uh, mow the lawn, and uh, pull weeds, and uh, do stuff around there, amen, uh, uh, which is, you know, all those things. And it says, was in her and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. You know, instead of sitting around out of time, they should have been out trying to find somebody to be a blessing to, amen? Uh, you sit around and say, man, twiddling your thumbs, and you don't know what to do, go out, walk out the door, and find somebody to be a blessing to. So we might say it this way. Pride is nothing to be proud about. Amen. Pride is nothing to be proud about. But here you see these lawyers and Pharisees inviting Jesus to their little get-together. Isn't that nice? Amen. Little get-together. But you know what? They really didn't care about spending time with Jesus. They didn't care about spending time with Jesus. You know what? They had an agenda. They had an agenda. Look at verse 1. It says, And it came to pass as he went to the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on Saturday. Look at this. They watched him. They watched him. You see, they weren't there to be a blessing to Jesus. They were, listen, they were there trying to catch him up in something. Hey, you better remember, people are watching you. You go to work, they watched him. They watched her. Young people, hey, you're at school and you tell people you're a Christian or you're on your job, they're watching you. You better be aware of that. But you know what? If you're there to do the right thing and you're doing right, you don't care who watches you. Jesus didn't care that they were watching him. And you know what? If you're doing right and being a witness for Christ, don't worry if people are watching you. They'll see what they need to see. So you can believe that. And you know what? Uh, they didn't care about the man or his need. It says, uh, there, verse 2, And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. Right? Now, in case you're wondering, that is, that's a medical condition. That doesn't mean he was always dropping stuff. Okay? He had dropsy. That doesn't mean he was always dropping stuff. Just make sure I clarify that. That was a medical condition. Right? And if you want to know what it is, you can look at it more. But basically, it's a condition of excessive accumulation of serous fluid in the body, which is what? Around your heart, around your abdomen. And if you want to know where else it is, ask Lester. He'll be glad to answer those uh, difficult questions. I answer the easy ones. I refer all the difficult ones to Lester. Amen. And so, but you know, he had a, when you have an excess of, of that fluid in your body, it can cause problems. And one of the things that caused there was <laughs> dropsy. Amen. Yeah. No, I was that smart. Did you? I'm not. I, you're right. I know how to look things up. All right. So what happened here? So it says this, and Jesus answering, spake to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace and he took them and healed them and let them, let him go. And, of course, they were watching him. They didn't really care about uh, uh, fellowshipping with Jesus. They really didn't care about that man there. They were just trying to see what he would do on the Sabbath. And so what happens? He rebuked them in verse 5 and answered, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? He says, You care about more about animals than you do this man. And you know what? That's the way society is today. That's why, you know, they push, oh, go ahead and uh, kill a baby. Just don't kill the little eaglet, right? They care more about animals. You see, sin messes up your heart. It messes up your mind, your way of thinking. And, all right, because out of the heart flow the issues of life. And so when you got a bad heart, you know what? You're going to focus on bad issues. You want to focus on good issues, get a good heart. So how many people who claim to be serving the Lord, but it's not about Jesus, 
It's not about being a blessing to someone else. Their true focus is their own little agenda, just like it was here with the Pharisees and the lawyers. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing your best as long as you're thinking about the rest. Amen. You're thinking about others. In verse 7, he rebuked them because what did he say to them? He put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked, notice that statement, he marked how they chose out the chief rooms saying unto them. And then, of course, he gave that story. So again, verse 11 says, comes down, he says, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and him that humble himself shall be exalted. Exalteth means to be proud, to be arrogant. Abased means to be humbled, to bring low. Let's look at a couple thoughts on pride. For sake of time, I'll just give you some references if you want to know them or write them down. Now, just a, a definition of pride. It means to have an inordinate self-esteem an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority or talents or accomplishments and, uh, and the such. So, of course, the Bible teaches pride comes from the fallen heart of man. Mark 7, 21 and 22 says this, From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries. It mentions other things. Then in verse 22, it mentions pride, foolishness. So, uh, pride comes out of the heart of man. God hates pride. God hates pride, and he judges it. Psalm 10, 4, Proverbs 8, 13, Isaiah 16, 6. And pride will always bring a man low. Proverbs 11, 2, Proverbs 16, Proverbs 29. The Bible talks about how the wicked are proud. Well, of course, proud is a wicked sin, so the wicked are going to be prideful. Of course, pride causes a man to be deceived. Pride hardens the mind. And, of course, one of the chief traits of the world, which the Christian is refute, is what? The pride of life, right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And so in the Bible, you see many examples of what pride does. Of course, the devil. What? Pride was the first sin. Pride was the first sin. Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15 say this. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, you see, the heart. Notice what he says. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. He said, I will, I will, right? He had an eye problem. I will, I will. And God said, you will not. <laughs> Amen. God said, you will not. He said, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Pride will always bring you down. And so well, that was what, is what was in the heart of the devil. And so when the devil has the heart of a man, what's going to happen? He's going to have a pride problem. You see that with Cain in Genesis 4, right? He wouldn't do it his way, Right. You know, hey, uh, uh, Frank Sinatra wasn't the first one to sing that song. I did it my way, man. Cain sung that song, right? And where did it get him? Pharaoh in Exodus, right? Haman. I like the story, man. Esther, that story, that story of Haman. I sort of said it this way. Haman, Haman had a lot of hangups, and it led him to be hung up. So you better be careful there, right? Haman. Uh, boy, when you talk about a story about something twisted and turning, uh, that's, a, that's a story there. You want a good story on pride right there, Haman. Of course, Herod in uh, Acts 12, he got up there, and boy, he was getting their praise, and boy, he died right in front of them. Lord knows how to bring you down. Diotrephes in uh, 3 John, of course, we know the Antichrist is going to be full of 
pride. So pride is a terrible thing. So here in Luke 14, these guests were looking for an exalted place. They were looking for an exalted place. Let me ask you this. Are you one that looks for an exalted place when you go someplace? Do you look for an exalted place? I thought about this. That exalted place may even be in the minds of others. Amen. You want them to have an exalted view of you. You want them to think more highly of, uh, of you than they ought to think. You know, trying to get people to think more highly of you. Listen, what a terrible thing that they were looking for an exalted place when the worthy one was right in front of them being humble. We know that our Lord was humble. Philippians, and what happened with him? Philippians 2, 8, 9 says this. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Well, that goes right along with what uh, Jesus said in verse 11. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, but he that humble himself shall be exalted. And that's exactly what Christ did, right? He humbled himself, and so God his Father exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. You know, Philippians 2, 3 says this. This is, goes right along with pride. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. What's the context? This is talking to believers. So the context here is right in the church. In the church, hey, we're glad that you want to serve in the church. We're glad that you want to be a blessing in the church and through the church. But whatever you do, don't let it be done through strife or vainglory. Strife means be motivated by self-interest. Vainglory means self-conceited, empty pride, and having a desire for praise. That's not the reason or we do things in the house of God. Especially in the Lord's service, we should not exalt ourselves. Boy, the Bible talks a lot about that concerning the ministry. 1 Peter 5, 2 and verse 3 says this, talking to, talking to the, uh, the servants of God, talking to preachers, feed the flock of God which is among you, notice this, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Hey, you're going to be in the ministry. Make sure you're doing it for the right reason. Make sure you have a right heart. And verse three, neither as being lords over God's heritage. I remember, hey, when the, when the church was uh, uh, talking to me, right, I was asked, hey, are you one of those guys, uh, your way or the highway or, and all that stuff like that? You know, what? That didn't bother me that people asked me a question like that, as long as they asked it in the right spirit. Listen, when you want to do right, when your heart's right, you don't care what people ask you if you have the right, if you have the right heart about it, you know? I said, no, it's not my way or the highway. You can take the country road if you want to. That's what I said. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Amen. But, you know, it didn't bother me. But they asked it because you want to know that. You want to know, amen, that the people are there for you and not themselves, right? Not being lords over God's heritage, but being what? An ensample to the flock. Now notice it said taking the oversight. Well, that's the work of a shepherd. The work of the shepherd is what? That word, uh, that word oversight means to examine the state of affairs of the flock, to give attention to. That is our job in the ministry, right? Listen, as, as, as a pastor, you know what I want to do? I want to know the state of affairs of those that the Lord has given me. Why? That's why, you know, I, I want, I want, I'm waiting for that phone call or I'm calling somebody else or I want that text, right? Or, or I want to send that text. I want to know. You always want to know what's going on uh, with, with people. That should be your heart right? That should be your heart uh, as a pastor.
pastor, that should be a heart, whatever position you hold in the ministry. You want to, you, you care for those people, right? Take, take be, not being lords. That means lords means to rule over, to exercise authority or have dominion over. Well, we know that uh, there's certain positions that have an authority with them. Right. But again, uh, if, if, if I always say this, if, if, if a pastor or anybody in any position in the church has to walk in and let people know that they're the ones in charge of that. Listen, there's there's an issue there. Well, I've seen I've seen missionaries like that. I think about a, a missionary uh, uh, that I that I uh, 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 knew. And uh, man, you, you, you go to his ministry. I mean, he did have a good ministry, but it seemed like he always came in a little bit late. And boy, when he walked in, he wanted everybody to know that he had arrived. I said, whoa, but that's, you know, hey, something's not wrong. That's not, listen, you're there. You're there to be servants. I don't care uh, uh, who you work among. You're there to be servants. Not being lords, that means to rule over, exercise authority. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says this. But Jesus called them unto him and said, "Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority of them. You see, that's the way we talked the other day. We we're talking about spiritual leader versus, right, uh, secular leader. That's an example of it. They're the ones that come in. Hey, you need to know who the, I want them to know that I'm the boss. I want them to know. No, but it says what? It shall not be so among you, but whosoever be great among you, let him be your what? Your minister. And whosoever be chief among you, let him be your servant. And here's my life verse, Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You said you're supposed to be examples. See, the Lord uh, say that because he was always the example. John 13, 14, and 15. If then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. He says, listen, if I've washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. And listen, I know the Lord's still working me. Uh, that you heard me tell the story about the gypsies that washed my feet, that when they came to my house, I was, I'm, I'm sorry, I wasn't humble enough yet. The Lord had to work on me. So instead of washing their feet, I gave them all a pair of socks. That's a true story. I said, Lord, next time maybe I can wash your feet. Let's start off with a new pair of socks. Amen. But at least I gave them something for their, gave them something for their feet. But then it said, as God's heritage. As God's heritage. Remember, they're not mine, right? They're not mine. They're not yours. They're God's. Boy, another thing. I hate to get on the missionaries, right? But, you know, I see those things in the ministry. You know, people say, oh, they, they, you know, they, they start getting people saved. And, boy, they would, they would want to control that group and things like that. No, no, that's not what we're supposed to do as servants of the Lord. We have to remember, listen, listen, uh, you know, I know we use that term. Well, you know, that, that, that's my church or I pastor. But, no, we realize, no, you are God's people. You're God's people. We're a team. We're a team. Amen. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God and his glory. We're God's heritage and we want to keep the focus on him. Remember that whatever position you have, pastor, boy, I got a point at myself. Hey, deacon. Hey, Sunday school teacher, whatever position you have, listen, the ones that God allows you to minister to, they're God's heritage, and we need to treat them, amen, as God's people and be a servant. Being in the ministry is about having a servant's heart. You know, it talks about minister, you know, that word servant. You know, the, that, that comes from a word meaning to labor or roam in the dust. In other words, he's not afraid to get down there with the people. I was talking to Brother Woodday. We got talking about something at lunch, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes when I went out to Gypsy Village, yeah, I, they said, well, you know, did you wear a suit when you went to Gypsy Village? I said, well, sometime I did. 
But I said, but I didn't walk in like I'm somebody. Hey, I, I might be in a suit, and then I'm walk, I'd, be, I'd be walking towards where, where uh, we might be getting ready to have church. And you know what? If I saw some kids out there playing soccer, you know what I do? I jump in the middle and start playing soccer with them. And then you know what? I turn around and walk off, and I look behind me, and here'd be a trail of kids following me because I took a little time with them. I didn't have to say nothing to them. They would just follow me to the house of God. If I was walking through the village and somebody was working on their car, well, I, I'd get down there and start talking to them. You know, now I wonder maybe if I dress that way, just trying to show them a little respect about the things of God. But yet, amen, we are willing to get down in the dust with them. Amen. If you're not willing to get down in the dust, amen, if you're not willing to lay down there, then you have no right to stand up here. Amen. All right. We got to be willing to get in the dust with him, if you will. Deacon, right? We know deacon means what? The word means, again, to serve, to serve. And so I thank uh, God for our uh, deacons. I, I'm amazed that, you know, uh, uh, Brother Muxlow at his age and stage, you know, something will have to be done at the church. You know, we'll need some, we'd need Freon in one of the air conditioners or something, or something would have to be worked on. And I'd say, I'd say, Brother Muxlow, let me know. You know what? I wouldn't hear nothing. I'd come down to the church. There'd be Brother Muxlow and whoever was working on it, you know, and what is he doing? He was serving. Right. Uh, uh, Brother uh, uh, Thomas. Right. Always, uh, uh, you know, uh, call me. Hey, you know, he stays on me. Hey, did you have you talked to Sister Mary? Have you talked? And you know what? That doesn't bother me. You know what? That shows me that what? He's being a servant. So I thank God uh, for that. Right. So a pastor, a shepherd, one who cares for the flock, cares not controls. Again, uh, so uh, those things are important. We need to have that type of heart. But again, talking about pride here, right? Again, at the very root of man's fallen condition is pride. We must abhor and avoid pride. Proverbs 8.13 says this, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs 13.10, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Contention, What's that mean? It refers to wrangling and quarreling, especially brought on by an arrogant or insolent attitude. Listen, I guarantee you every time there's contention, whether it be between co-workers, whether it be between spouses, whether it be between friends, whether it be believers or people in the church, it's because pride can be found within one or more individuals. Right. Well, you're not going to talk to him like that or who are you or, or trying uh, uh, to get my way. That's why Proverbs 15, right? <laughs> a soft answer, right? A soft answer, right? Be willing to, to humble ourselves. We all get caught up in it. Listen, sometimes, you know, I have to get on to myself. Sometimes I say, Stuart, you are so, so how can you, who are you to be prideful about anything? It's like, listen, if there's anything, the Lord did it. The Lord gets the glory, but we can all get caught up in it. I can be as guilty as anybody else. But what does uh, uh, Luke 14, 14 say here? It says what? But when thou makest, so here's what he did. He, got, he sort of talked to all of them. The Lord, listen, the Lord was a bold preacher, Right? And notice verse 5, he says, and he answered them, right? And so he sort of speaks to the whole crowd, but then notice verse 12. Then he said, he also to him that bade him. Did you realize what he just did? Here he is. He's in somebody's house, right? And he's confronting them about their attitude, about their arrogancy, about their, you know, uh, a wrong reason for doing what he's doing. 
Listen, hey, listen, sometimes you got to preach to the whole crowd. You know, like I say, sometimes you got to preach with a shotgun, amen, and sort of try and hit everybody, amen. But sometimes you got to bring a rifle, amen, and one bullet and let them know who you're talking to, amen. And that's what he did. Sometimes that's what he did with that one guy. I like about that one about the, the, the preacher. He, he, he set a brick up on the pulpit, and he said, uh, he said uh, uh, um, uh, somebody's uh, been stealing some money out of the church. I don't know who it is, but I've been praying. And when God shows me who it is, I'm going to throw this brick at him right here in front of everybody. Well, the preacher got brain, he got carried away without realizing he picked up the, the, he picked up the brick over his head. Only one guy ducked. <laughs> so I guess they found out who it was. Amen. Only one guy ducked. So, but be warning, if I set a brick up here, just joking, right? But he says, listen, but notice what he says. He, so he says, listen, if you really want to be blessed, right, do things for the right reason. Do it to be a blessing to somebody. And he talks about bringing in the maim and the poor. And he says, "Wis, and thou shalt be blessed. Hey, who wants to be blessed? I want to, listen, listen, I said, listen, uh, the, as we said before, the Christian life is not an easy life, but it's the best life. But if I'm going to have to live on this earth and go through all this stuff, you know what? I want to be blessed. <laughs> Amen. I want to be blessed for my service to the Lord. And to do that, amen, if I invite somebody to my house, it has to be the right reason. If I'm in the presence of somebody that has a need like that man, I want to have a true concern about them. Hey, if, I, if others are around me, amen, I want to esteem others above myself, right? You can let everybody before you except Pastor Cole. He won't, you know, he's, he's always got to be the last one, right? But uh, I know Pastor Cole, I, I, I'm with him. We were at the Preacher's Fellowship Monday, and he's always talking about, well, you know, I, I'm a nothing, I'm a this and that. I said, listen, Brother Cole, I said, you can't talk about yourself like that because I'm under you. So if you're that, I mean, what's that going to, where's that going to put me, right? If you had, where's that going to put me? I said, raise yourself a little bit so I can come up a little bit. I said, because I'm under you. Amen. The reason that's a joke between us is because uh, I was talking to this boy. I can't remember who, who it was right now. And he said, you know what? You're the second best pastor I ever met. I said, really? Who's number one? He said, Pastor Cole. I'm like, ah. So it's a joke between he's number one, I'm number two. So I said, you can't make yourself too low, Patrick Cole, because I'm under you, man. Lift yourself up a little bit. But he's got that, that spirit. But notice he says what? Here's what he says. Thou shalt be blessed. So you want to be blessed, amen? You want to be blessed? Give your life away. Give your life away in the service of others in the right spirit. And look at this, verse 15. It says, and when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, look at this. He said unto him, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. So the Lord gave a great teaching here about being, being, uh, uh, doing things for the right reason. Amen. Hey, uh, uh, when you want to be around Jesus, is it for the right reason? Because you want to worship him and lift him up. Uh, when you bring people in your home and they have a need, is it because you want to be a blessing to them? Hey, when you're around others, do you seek to uh, put them before yourself? Are you trying to exalt yourself? Amen. Or are you going to let the Lord exalt you? But look what happened here. Someone understood what Christ, I don't know how many people there, but this guy got it. And when one of them that sat at me with him heard these things, look at what he said. Somebody there got it. They realized what he said was true. Boy, what a wonderful thing it is when somebody listens and gets it. When somebody says, oh, man, that's the type of heart I want to have. I want to have a servant's heart. Amen. Listen, I don't want to be exalted. I want Christ to be exalted in everything I do. Hey, listen, I, I want to be blessed. I want to have God's blessing on me. Amen. By doing everything for the right reason, by caring about those that God gives me the privilege of having the opportunity to preach to or to teach to or whatever the case uh, might, might be. You see, Christ blesses the humble. Like in this story, 
Christ marks when we rush to those prominent places, looking out for ourselves, exalting ourselves, making ourselves look good. He marks when he, we say things that are self-promoting, self-gratifying, and self-exalting. So do you know that Christ marks these things? He pays attention to our attitude. Our attitude in our service for the Lord matters. These people had the wrong attitude, but thank God somebody listened, somebody got it. What a wonderful thing when somebody listened and gets it. You know, he said it's true. Pride is a terrible thing. It's true that humility is a good thing. It's true we are blessed when we put others first. It's true Christ is our great example. So you can either exalt yourself and be abased or like Christ, amen, humble yourself and then God the Father, God will exalt you, amen, be exalted by your heavenly Father. I'd rather him do it, amen. You know why? He can reach higher than me. Amen. <laughs> hey, listen, if I exalt myself, I can't reach that far. I'll still be on a lowly place. Amen. But if I let him exalt me, amen, he can lift, he can reach higher than I can. So I'd rather him, I'd rather him lift me up. So as we finish up here, be reminded, we reveal what we think about God by the way we treat other people. Christ has called us to humility and to live in subjection one to another. The reason we try to push and shove our way through life is that we have wrong motives and no faith in God. Amen. Listen, don't come with your own agenda like uh, these did. Amen. Let's all, let's all together just fulfill the agenda of God for our local church. Christ humbled himself and became the least of all, knowing that we could never repay him for what he has done for us. And the way to be blessed of God, amen, is to give your life away in service to others. Let's pray.